Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. If you did it for them, you'll do it for us. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God, today we call upon you. Lord, move mightily in our midst. Open eyes to see, open ears to hear. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Please open your Bibles before you're seated. Jonah chapter 3. The heading of this says, Nineveh repents. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Page 986. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Now, aren't you thankful that God comes back a second time? Come on, before I even get started, we ought to thank God that he comes to us the first time. He comes to us the second time. He comes to us a third time, a fourth time. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us the second time, saying, he said, go to Nineveh, the great city, and declare to it the message which I am going to tell you. So Jonah went to Nineveh in accordance with the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then on the first day's walk, Jonah began to go through the city, and he called out and said, 40 days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. It's not a very tasty message for the people of God. But the Bible says in verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed and trusted in God. Amen? Amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came to church this morning. Come on, encourage them. Tell them you look like you've lost some weight. Have you lost some weight? Ask them. Amen. Amen. All right. Billy, my man. All right. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. We don't think church should be a burden. We think church ought to be a blessing. And uh, if you fall asleep. Uh, or if you're sitting next to one, uh, someone who falls asleep, just point them out to me. I will come to them in the service, and I will give them the righteous right hand of the Lord, Alex. Hopefully, you won't fall asleep in here. But uh, those of you that, if you haven't been here over the last couple of weeks, we've been in this series called People of Impact. And uh, how many of y'all have gotten something out of this series, People of Impact? Amen. Well, I, and it was my heart's desire. Pastor came to me um, right before camp meeting, and he said that it was going to be uh, a life of impact. And God really just began to break open all of these different people that I read throughout the year in the Word of God. And, and there's stories that maybe you were raised in a vacation Bible school, or maybe you were raised in a good Sunday school, or maybe you had godly parents and you were raised in a biblical home. And you've heard these same stories that we've been talking about, like Moses in the Red Sea and Joshua asking the sun to stand still and Jericho and Gideon and Samson last week. And, and, but I just wanted to look at it from a fresh perspective of where we are today, because if we're not careful, we will think, whoa, that was so big, God did it for them, but I just don't know about me. And as I said a while ago, how many of y'all know the same God that was with Jacob is the same God that lives on the inside of us? That the same resurrection power that, that just like 
the story of Moses in the Red Sea. If he, God said this, why are you calling out to me? And I want to remind some people today that there is things that God has put in you. There is because of uh, the, the, uh, the same God that, that, that raised Jesus on the third day, that same resurrection power is on the inside of you. Why he was telling the people that, why are you calling out to me? Because I've already given you the tools. I've already put things on the inside of you. There is, uh, you're, come on, how many of y'all know what we saw in Jeremiah 29 that even during the pandemic we need to build cities, plant gardens, have babies. Come on. That God has really put some things in us. So we were taking a fresh perspective and looking at the faith of Joshua and looking at uh, Gideon and Samson. And so today I want to do the same thing as well, jump right into the text. And it would be very easy for us to just close the book at the very end of the, the fifth verse of chapter 3 where it says the people of Nineveh believed and trusted in God. But the reason I wanted to do that today is because just like some good movies that you've seen. How many of y'all have seen a movie where it showed the ending before the beginning? And if you was just to finish it right here, you wouldn't see all the good stuff that it went through. Like if you just watch Forrest Gump at the end when the feather goes up with him putting little Forrest on the bus... And say, be a good boy at school today, Forrest. You would miss out on his life when he just felt like running. You see what I'm saying? And so what I love about the story of Jonah, and just to be real honest with you, this should be a series. Jonah's life, just like we talked about Samson's life being on Jerry Springer or Maury Povich, it's the same way, and this should be a series, but... If you allow us uh, this morning, I have lots to read. And uh, if, if you're here for the first time, I believe in the Word of God. I'm not scared of the Word of God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share from more than just one uh, verse of the Bible today. All right? Is that okay if we do that? So I want to go through his life here in chapter 1. And then I want to land on verses 1 through 3, what I believe God has uh, to pour into us today. And I want to see where he got to the place the people of Nineveh believed and trusted in God. Are you ready? So it starts off here in page 985 of the Amplified Bible. It says, Jonah's disobedience. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying. So this is the first time he comes to him. In this kind of a... uh, This is something that we've seen with the people of impact, and I feel like we can parallel to their life because there's been many times how many y'all know you've lived in a spiritual journey long enough to that that you didn't answer God's call the first time and that you didn't even answer it the second time come on let's just go ahead we didn't even answer it the 90th time right and so we look at the remember looking at Gideon he was hiding in a wine press when he should have been out harvesting where the wind would take away the chaff from the wheat but he was hiding what do we see about Samson? We saw that he was in a place that, that rather than running to what God had in store for him, he was, went down to the city of Timnah. So it goes on to say, verse 2, go to Nineveh. I'm just trying to parallel that we can point fingers at Jonah all we want to, but really we're, we've lived this life of Jonah ourselves. So we go, he says, go to Nineveh, the great city. Everybody say great. Great city. And proclaim judgment against it for their wickedness has come up before them. Verse 3, but Jonah ran away to Tarshish to escape from the presence of the Lord. He went down. How many of y'all know when you go down, 
It's a bad place to fall. I said last week we rise and fall to the level of our friends. How many of y'all know when you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're going to get consequences on your life that are wrong? How many of y'all wrong plus wrong equals wrong? And so he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, the opposite of what the voice of the Lord told him to do. So he paid the fare and went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of God. Verse 4, but the Lord hurled a great wind toward the sea, and there was a violent tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to break up. How many of y'all know when you do opposite of what God called you to do? Jesus even said this, when you build your house upon the sand, when the wind comes and the waves come and the rain comes, it will wash it away. When you build it upon the rock, when the wind comes, when the rain comes, when, when, you know, when life comes, it will stand at the end of the day. You know what that tells me is this? Either way, whether you serve God or don't serve God, you'll still get waves. Right? How many of y'all can testify to that? You still get waves. I just want to put away from the mentality that you think to yourself, well, I'm going to start serving God and it's going to be butterflies and lilies. Everything's going to be kosher. My mom is going to be, her head's going to get screwed on right. Um, And I have a great mom. I'm just saying your mom, all right? If you're watching mom, these people's mom, not you, all right? (laughs) Or, or should I say mother-in-law, in-laws, outlaws. And mine's great too. I am like digging a ditch right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. I'm just telling you is this, you might as well pursue after the things of God, which would put your life on a rock because you're going to get waves either way. But if you do it on the rock, your, your house will stand is what I'm trying to communicate. Are you hearing me this morning? How many of y'all can testify to this? It says, so he's getting these waves, and the sailors were afraid, and each man cried out to his God, and to lighten the ship, they threw the ship's cargo into the sea, but Jonah had gone below. So one position to go down, one decision to go down leads to another decision for him to go even further down in the bottom of the ship. What I'm trying to communicate and get you eyes to see that he went down to Joppa, and he went down to the belly of the boat. It reminds me of Jesus when he said this in John 14. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. It reminds me of John 14, 6. Where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It reminds me of this in Matthew 6 and verse 24. Jesus said this, no one can serve two masters. Everybody say two. He said, you can't serve two masters for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Reminds me also of Jesus said this in Matthew 6 on the Sermon on the Mount when he was talking about the kingdom of God, the Beatitudes, into Matthew 6, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate is this, when you, when God's voice comes and he calls out to you, you can either go for it or you can run from it. I mean, just think about the little things in your life. I'm not talking about, uh, you know, answering the call to the mission field to Africa. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, quitting your job and becoming the children's pastor of the church. I'm not talking about those things. I'm just talking about the little things in your life. Of, of, of the little decisions that you've made that God's called you to step away from those friends and pursue a godly relationships in your life of not doing the things that the world does, blending in with them at the honky-tonks and the bars, but then, 
but, but, but getting, a, getting around other relationships because we rise and fall to the level of our friends. Are you getting what I'm saying? Like we can think about, well, I've never had a position to go to Nineveh, but yes, you have had the choice to turn some character things around in your life, some attitude things in your life. So you can point to Jonah all you want to, but we've all done the same thing. In James 4, 17, it says, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. And Romans 6, 1 says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Lots of times we think, even though we're not doing what God's called us to do, we still think that there shouldn't be waves. But I promise you, waves will come and they'll break your ship. Goes on. But Jonah had gone below into the, in the hold of the ship, and he had lain down and was sound asleep. So the captain came up to him and said, how can you stay asleep? Get up. Call on your God. Perhaps your God will give a thought to us so that we will not perish. And they said to one another, come, let us cast lots so we may learn who is to blame for this disaster. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. How many of y'all have ever felt this way before where the lot fell on you? Then in verse 8, then they said to him, now tell us who is to blame for this disaster. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? Where do you go? Where do you come from? Cotton-eyed Jonah. I'm getting some courtesy laughs. Sorry, that was a corny preacher joke, and I'll try to stop him from here on out. But when I see where do you come from, it's hard for me to not say, where do you go? All right. What is your country? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear and worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. You know, as I was reading this, I thought to myself, I need to work on my, how I present myself. Amen? Like on this, he says, I am a Hebrew, and I fear and worship the Lord. I, am, I fear and worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Like when you introduce yourself, do people see on you that you are a Christian and you fear the Lord? Do they? You know, Pastor Robert brought this up. I'm going to steal your, is that okay? Where's a yard sign out? We got some yard signs. Like this is a great example. Isn't this great? I wanted to say I love my pastor, but I got outvoted. <laughs> but this is a great example for you, for your, you to express that I am a Christian and I fear and worship the Lord of heaven and earth. Amen. This is, this is what you're doing. This is a great example for you to display who you are. Now, with this in your yard, this comes with some stipulations. <laughs> All right? This can't be the place. Don't act like an idiot and put this in your yard. Do I just have to? Come on. Do I have to get into details? Also, too, if your yard is not mowed, don't put this in it. And weed-eated. Don't put this in it. Come on. I'm telling you. Listen, I believe believers, when you, when you drive by their yard, they ought to have the nicest yard on the block. Some of y'all are looking at me judgmental right now. I'm not even going to do that, but all right. But how many of y'all know we ought to present ourselves as people ought to know that Christ lives on the inside of us is all I'm trying to say. And the way we walk and the way we talk and the way we do things. So then it goes on to say, verse 10, then the men became extremely frightened and said to him, how could you do this? For the men knew that he was running from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. 
you know, we can point fingers at Jonah all we want to, but at least he admits it. At least he admits that he's running from God. You know, lots of times we'll just stick to it and be prideful and say, no, I'm not the problem, when you really are. But he admits it. Verse 11, then they said to him, what should we do to you so the sea will become calm for us? For the sea was becoming more and more violent. Jonah said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. He's committing suicide. For I know that it is because of me that this great storm has come upon you. You know, if I had time right now, I would talk about you being a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Like I've said this before, when my wife comes to me with a problem and I give her a problem back, problems on top of problems is big problems. But when my wife comes to me with a problem and I have a solution, a solution breaks problems. And I love the fact that this Hebrew who called himself a Hebrew and says that, hey, I fear the Lord and I serve the God of heaven is a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Verse 13, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not because the sea became even more violent against them. Then they called on the Lord. Here's these pagan guys that are not serving the Lord, but because of his witness. And even in a time where he's running from God. They called on the Lord and said, please, O Lord, do not let us perish because of taking this man's life and do not make us accountable for innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as you please. Verse 15. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea stopped its raging. I'm gonna stop right here. I heard a word years ago by Jesse Duplantis. He spoke a message in here and I'll never forget it. Who is in the bottom of your ship? I'm talking about relationships. That marriage relationship may have become a battleship because of someone in the bottom of the ship. Are you hearing me? I wrote this in my Bible years ago. The boat you're on as a believer should be better because you're on board. Read that one more time. The boat you're on as a believer, like your workplace ought to be better because you're there. Like, it should be better not because of your prayer life, but also because of your productivity. Here is a guy that was lazy asleep in the bottom of a ship. And I also want to encourage some people out there that there may be some people that you thought would be on your ship for a lifetime, and they have left and got off your ship. Stop crying about it because God is setting you up for a miracle for the waves just to quit blowing in. Are you hearing me? Like there may be some people in your life that you thought would be there for a lifetime and they turn their back on you, let them go. The Lord said, let them go because you may have been creating some storms because of somebody in the bottom of your ship. Now, let me clarify. I don't want you to go to your wife after this and say, you know what? You're the one in my ship that's the problem. Or go to your four-year-old son, be like, you know what? We have disaster in this ship it used to be a cruise ship now it's a battleship because of you pack your things and get out i'm not saying that i'm just, you know what i'm talking about come on use your brain this morning use some wisdom that even though i'll say this blood is thicker than water right but it could be there may be problems in your relationship with your kids there may be a re relationship problems with your wife 
and it's always pinned back on someone, and it may be an uncle. Are you hearing me? I'm just here to tell you, don't let the enemy beat you up if you get them out of your ship because it may save the ship you're in. Are you hearing me? Like, I know this is hard, and some Christians are like, I can't believe... Just because you work with somebody doesn't mean that you have to have them over for fried chicken. And I like fried chicken. Meatloaf. You see what I'm saying? Be careful who you bring into your ship. And also, too, if you're on a ship and you're being lazy and not being a part of the solution or part of the problem, maybe you need to own up to it and get out of the ship to help their ship. Moving on. Then the men, thank you, Cody. Then the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Because of him being a part of the solution, not of the problem, it turned their outlook around to putting salvation on the Lord. Then, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. This is the only part of the story that we know, right? It was a big fish. You're like, was it really? Is it scientifically possible? Yes, it is. On TikTok the other day, I saw a kayaker get swallowed up by a big fish. Billy, did you see it? It can happen, all right? Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. I just want to tell you this. If you're feeling like you're in an isolated place, if you're in a dark place in the belly of something that you don't know why you're in, I just want to tell you that, uh, or, or if you're at waves that are constantly against you, I want to remind you of the word in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation is overtaking you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with that temptation, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Aren't you thankful for a fish that comes and swallows us up? Like we may not understand it. We may not get it at the time. But God is faithful to make a way of escape for you and I. All right. You ready to get into the text? What I love about the story of Jonah, if you read chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, this has little to do about his prophecy and more around the narrator of the character. Like, if you just went off of his prophecy, it's found in verse 4. Jonah began to go through the city and called out and said, 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. Can you imagine if I came to you? Give me the mic. In 40 days, Amarillo will be overthrown. I'd be a terrible preacher. But this has nothing to do about the prophecy. It has something to do with his life that we need to grab a hold of. Are you seeing? Because in 2 Kings chapter 4 and 14 and verse 8, the Bible tells us the first time about Jonah that because of his obedience to God, God gave them great prosperity and increased their land. Well, did we not just read that it was direct disobedience of why they're in the position, why he's in the position that he's in. But what I hate about this story, the fish always gets more credit than Jonah. I mean, y'all know this ain't about the fish. This is about you and me. 
And I also want to point out, and this is where I'm getting in the text today, that Jonah was called. How many of y'all know each and every one of you, God has called you for such a time as this? Like moms, you need to know that God has called you to be a mom. Dads, you need to know this, that God has called you to be a dad. How many of y'all know he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light? Come on. He doesn't call you the tail anymore. He calls you the head. Amen? He doesn't call you defeated anymore. He calls you victorious. But in this case right here, Jonah was called. And we read in verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read it just one more time real quick. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim against it, for their wickedness has come before me, up before me. Verse 3. But Jonah ran away to Tarshish to escape from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down to the ship, go to them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. How many of y'all know when you get a calling from God, there's times where it comes with resistance and there's times where it comes with reluctance, especially in this particular thing right here. Now, I don't, and, and, and again, I don't want you to, to think that this is some little feat that God is asking Jonah to do. This is a big thing. This isn't us like going to the DMV because I know that's, that's hard, but we still have to do it. I'm saying this is a big thing, but how many of y'all know it? So when we get called to do something, sometimes it comes with resistance and it comes with reluctance. Like when God calls you to, when, when you start paying your tithe and giving in the offering. How many of y'all know that comes with reluctance? How many of y'all know that comes with reluctance? When you begin to do these things, because it's opposite, now we're being led by the Spirit, not led by our flesh, which is comfortable. And in those times when we're called, we can either run to the Lord or we can run away from the Lord. And what I love about the story of Jonah here is we read about others that did the right thing. But I love stories like Samson and Jonah that did the wrong thing, but God still used them to make a difference. Like I read about Elijah where God calls Elijah, I want you to go to Ahab. And you know Ahab was a wicked man. He had a wife named Jezebel. And God called him, and the Bible says that he went to Ahab. This is the opposite of the story of what we're reading already. Jonah was called to the city, and he went the opposite way. But Elijah was called to Ahab, and he went to Ahab. And the Bible says that he called fire down from heaven, and it happened. But in this story, he gets called, he runs the other direction, and he gets swallowed up by the belly of a fish. So I love this story. But this is what I wanted to point out. Here at the top of my Bible, you will see this right here, God's voice. We can either take the voice of God as an interruption or we can take it as an invitation. If you're taking notes, write that down. If you're not taking notes, write that down. How many of y'all know the word of God? We can either take it as an invitation or we can take it as an interruption. So I want to ask you, are you treating hearing from God as an interruption or an invitation? And your response to it being an interruption will determine the direction that you will go. But if you respond to God's voice as an invitation, it will, you will respond in the direction of where you need to go. Like, look at Jonah here. Here is, here is a successful guy. I believe he's successful because the Bible says this. If you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. How many of y'all know whatever man sows, that shall he also reap? So if you're faithful in the little things, like taking out the trash, mopping up the floors, 
Come on, the little things in the house, you will be elevated to a higher leadership position. Running the camera. Let's give our camera guys a hand. I'm all over the place, all right? In the sound booth, those that greeted people at the door. So I know this, he had to be a successful guy because he is asked to do something big. How many of y'all know when you are faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much? So I know this, he's a successful guy, but he is called to a ruthless people. But what I'm trying to get at this morning, this is where I'm going to end up. Doug, you're in the first service. Are they going to get something out of this? That, that God calls it, this is where he messes up. In verse 2, he says, go to Nineveh, the great city. Great city. I'll just point this out right now. That nobody else saw it great but God. Because Nineveh, and this is where he messes up. Because this is verse 2, and by verse 3, he's running. But God showed him something. He said, Nineveh, the great city. As I studied this, Nineveh had the enemy. How many of y'all have ever seen Vikings, Ragnar Lothbrook? All right, very good. I have too. Don't look at me judgmental. It's a great show, okay? They were wicked, vicious people. Vicious, vicious people. I'm telling you, these people were vicious in fact, I was reading some commentary of how barbaric these people were. When the enemy, when they would come on into Nineveh there, if they didn't like them, they'd rip their tongue out. Uh, there was, um, this records back to Nineveh of them ripping out sexual organs off males and females. Nineveh was so bad that they would stretch the people to death. You know how they do those deals? They'd stretch them out, rip their limbs off of them. The skulls of the people, they would, they would shave the skin off, bring the skulls into their home, and then they would, they would put layers of skin from not just one of them, but several of them inside of their house. How nasty is that? That's wicked people. Um, they would, or here's another thing they would do. They would cut off the hand of the enemy and while, while they were still alive, and they would shake their hand, look into their eye, eyes as they were like stabbing them in the eyes and things like that they said it was so bad that one of the torture things that they would do they would make them listen to today's country i'm an outlaw country guy as you can see it was so bad they'd make them watch basketball on television you get what i'm saying it was bad. So how many of y'all know when he is called to a place like that, how many of y'all know that is going to come with some resistance and reluctance? Like this was not easy, but my point is, and this is where, this is where I want to stay right here, where we mess up sometimes is we call, one of my biggest questions that I get asked, Joe, is this, what is the calling of God for my life? Or what is the will of God for my life? And I just want to remind some people today, you might be in the call of God that you're supposed to be in today, but you're not calling it how God calls it. You're calling it how you see it. God called it a great city. But we know from history and reading the word of God that it was a terrible city. I just want to open some eyes this morning. See, when you're walking in a calling that God's called you to do, you start calling it what it is. You start calling it by what this says it is and not by the way you see it. Are you hearing me? 
Like I think about a calling, I think about Pastor Shannon, and I gave this story last week when we passed the torch to the kids there, but um, I was with Pastor Shannon back here watching a video of a young man that had, that had went through the 12-month course at Life Challenge. If you don't know what Life Challenge is, it's a ministry that we, uh, we give to monthly. In fact, Life Challenge cleans uh, the church here, and these are for, for addicts, and um, they go to a 12-month Bible boot camp out here off of Hope Road. It's been going on for years. Come on, let's give praise to the ministry of God, praise to the ministry of Life Challenge. But I was watching Pastor Shannon watch a video of a young man that went 12 months. That video was like us reading chapter three of because of what Jonah did and being obedient to God, the city began to serve the Lord. We were watching a video of a guy that because of some steps that he took, his life was turned around. But can I tell you, the first month of that was the life of Jonah. The second month of that was running from God. Third month of that. And so as I'm watching Pastor Shannon, I see his heart and I see his compassion. I see him walking in the calling that he has. I see his heart for this young man, tears in his eyes, and joyful about what happened. But that's an exciting moment there. But can I tell you what Pastor Shannon is not going to tell you? He's not going to tell you about the times of the guys that he has poured his heart into, that he has poured his spirit into, that he's poured the word of God into, that in the middle of the night, they get up and they run and it kills him. And he hates it. And I understand that because there's many times as a pastor that I have poured my heart into somebody and, and, and saw that they were, but they got around the wrong people and they started doing the wrong things. And him dealing with addicts, he's dealing with manipulators and liars and thieves. Like when they first come in, they're hiring a Georgia pine tree. That's high. Hiring giraffe ears. That's high. They come in. You know, they're not thinking right. They say things... They say things to him, but you know what? I never hear anything negative out of Pastor Shannon. You know why? Because he doesn't call it how people see it. He calls it how God has called it. That's what I'm trying to get at this morning. Like you may be in a place right now you don't understand. I want to remind some people today, this is where Jonah first messed up. He called it on how the world saw it rather than how God sees it. Like, I want to repent to you this morning and tell you this. I want to stop calling America the way CNN sees it, and I want to start calling it the way God sees it. Like, I want to remind some people this morning, you're calling. You may be in your calling, and it may be messed up because you're not calling it what God calls it. You're calling it what everybody else calls it. Are you hearing me this morning? It's just right here in verse 2 that we see where he began to mess up. God did not call it how we see it. He calls it how he saw it. Like, if you're in a marriage today and you're calling it the old ball and chain, it's going to be the old ball and chain. But if you call it blessed, if you call it the way Corinthians or Ephesians tells us to see our marriage as Christ loved the church, that's how I'm going to call it. Like, I'm going to stop calling my kids a burden. My kids are a blessing. Like there's people out there that don't have kids, so I'm thankful for the kids that I do have. Do they, 
drive me. I'm going to call him a blessing. Like you may, be, you may be complaining today. You're calling it out. You're saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. Rather than saying that, you say, you know what? I'm blessed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. And the reason that I'm blessed today is because I'm busy. And I'm busy because I haven't been lazy. And because of that, now I'm successful and money's coming in. So a little stress may come with that. But I'm going to call it as it is, uh, as it isn't rather than the way I see it. I'm going to see it the way God sees it. I'm going to call it what God calls it. Are you hearing me? Like your job. You may hate your job. But listen, I'm telling you right now, if you will allow out of your words to call it the way God calls it, like say this when you're on the road, rather than saying, I hate my job, you could say this, I love my temporary assignment. Come on. Come on. I love my temporary assignment. Let's call it. Romans 4, 17 says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead, calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So my question to you is this. Lean in right now. What are you calling the place that you're in right now? You know what I want to call it? I want to call, I want to call it blessed. Come on. I want to call it set free. I'm going to call it redeemed. I'm going to call it healed. Clarice Cox was in the first service. Doctors told her she died 10 years ago. You know what I loved about Clarice? She didn't call it the way the doctors called it ever. I said, well, they say this. You know what my God says? My God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Many times, for years. I mean, she got bad reports, bad. I remember her call, calling me, not even with a shaky voice. I'm telling you, I would really have to check my heart on some of the things that doctors told them that it wouldn't. She, she called me and she said, these are the facts, but I'm going to give you faith right now. This is what they said, but this is what Psalm 107.20 says. That he sent his word and he healed me and delivered me from all destruction. 1 Peter 2.24 says that by his stripes I am healed. Isaiah 50, 53 says that the chastisement of my peace was upon him and that by his stripes I am healed. Psalm 103, she tell me, Pastor Psalm 103 and verse 3 says this. That he heals all diseases. And my stage four cancer is in the category of all. Come on. If, if you're in a financial place right now, stop calling it the way you see it. Start calling it what God sees it. He called it a great city. I'm telling you. When I think back on my life and the calling that I'm in today, what you're seeing right now is chapter 3, where I'm getting up and sharing the word of the Lord, and people are getting saved, people are getting healed. Can I tell you, there was a time where pastors came to me when I was comfortable playing bass, chewing gum in the band. pastor came to me and said, we want you to go to the great ministry of children's church. 
There was another time they came to me and said, we want you to go to the great ministry of youth. We want you to go to the great position of associate pastor. I'm just saying this. It didn't look great to me, but I was faithful. Listen, I, I've messed up plenty. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. There was times in those ministries that I was in a rocky ship because I was going the different direction of what God called me to do. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, I learned something early in ministry. I'm not going to call it the way I see it. I'm going to call it how God sees it. Come on, this word's for everybody this morning. Call those things that aren't as though they were. I'm going to call those things as weren't. My, my kids, your kids may be out there and they may be lost as a ball in high weeds. Quit saying that. My kids, say this, my children, my sons and my daughters will live in the land of the living. Come on, let's call it that. So, I love the story of Jonah. He gets called. He runs away from God. He's in the bottom of a ship. He gets thrown overboard. Isn't this a great movie so far? He gets swallowed up by a whale. Then we get right here in verse, verse 2. So if you're in this place today, here's the answer. This is what he said. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. This is the answer. If you've done that, if, you have, if God's voice has been an interruption and not an invitation, this is what you do. You repent, and this is how you do it. He saw that. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish, and said, I called out of my trouble and distress to the Lord. And he answered me. I'm telling you right now, I don't care how far you've ran away, he will answer you if you call out to him today. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried for help, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the deep heart of the seas, and the current sounds and engulf me. All your, break, all your breakers and billowing waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surround me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. How many of y'all feel like some seaweeds wrapped around your head today? He said, I descended. To the very roots of the mountains, the earth with its bars closed behind me, bolting me in forever. Yet you have brought me up my life from the pit, death. O oh Lord my God, when my soul was fainting within me, I remembered the Lord and my prayers came to you into your holy temple. Verse 8. Those who regard and follow worthless idols turn away from their living source of mercy and loving kindness. But as for me, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I shall pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is from the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Salvation is from the Lord. What's the book of Acts say? He who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be, shall be, shall be. He's saying, Jonah, quit trying to figure it out on your own. Salvation comes from me. So the Lord commanded the fish. And it vomited Jonah up unto the dry land. So he gets swallowed up. Repentance led to regurgitation. 
to a story of redemption. Then he answers the call of the Lord. I'm just here to tell you, if you've been calling it the way you see it rather than the way God calls it, God always makes a way of escape for us. And if you finally see, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do this on my own, but God, if you call me, if you've called me to this ministry, I've got to start seeing it the way you see it. If you call me to this marriage, I've got to start seeing it the way you see it. If you called me to be this parent, I've got to start seeing it the way you see it. And how you do that, if you've been going the other direction and calling it the way you see it, you need to do what Jonah did and get your eyes back on God. Repent. Go the other direction. And the word of the Lord came again to Jonah. And the people were set free. They started believing. They started believing. That's not the end of the story. It gets better. How many of y'all know when it's... There'll be some times in your life, if you get comfortable, get ready for some more waves to be coming, billowing into your ship. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room today and you say, you know what, Pastor, you're talking to me. You're talking to me. You say, you know what, this, this story this morning, you are talking directly to me. Come on, don't be ashamed. Who, you talk, who am I talking to? Raise your hand. You say, you know what, I'm going the other direction. Praise God. God, I pray for these right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we repent. I repent in my life. Of not calling it the way you see it. Rather than. I've been calling it the way I see it. And it's it's caused me to go the other way. So Lord I pray for these that are in the room right now. In Jesus name. I pray God that you would give them grace. That you give them mercy. I pray Lord that you're opening doors. And shutting doors that need to be shut. I pray, God, for the right people in the right place at the right time. Also, God, I lift up those today that are in a ship right now that is rocky. I pray, Lord, that you would give them supernatural wisdom to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. But also, God, I pray that if they're in an organization or if they're in some type of leadership, God, where they see a Jonah... That is causing the ship to come down. God give them supernatural wisdom to address that person. I pray Lord that you would give them the grace to handle it. Lord minister to them through all of this in Jesus name. Lord I just pray. Right now God for those that are in the room. That feel like they're in that belly of the fish that it's dark that seaweed's wrapped around their head I pray for them right now and I pray Lord as they repent and Lord today as they open their eyes to some things that they begin to call those things that aren't as though they were that they repent they come back to you do a miracle today in Jesus name minister to these folks God you know who they are They know who they are. 
Still with every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you're in the room today and you say, you know what, Pastor? I don't have a relationship with Christ. At one time I did, as a young boy or a young lady. I was involved in a church. I was involved in a vacation Bible school or a Sunday school or whatever it is. It may be a time in your life where you're close to God, but you can say, you know what? Pastor, if I'm being honest, I'm away from God. Listen, don't leave here being away. He wants a relationship with you. But also if you're in this room and say, you know what? I've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I'm going to be very clear. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm not asking you to sign a piece of paper. I'm not asking you to give money. I'm not asking for any of that. I'm just asking if you died today, do you know that heaven would be your home or hell would be your home? If you question that, today is the day of salvation. It's the ABCs. This is what we do. If I'm talking to you, if you're in any of these that I've been talking about, the first thing is this. Admit that you're a sinner. Sin separates you from God, the Bible says. The the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Number two is this. The ABCs. B is believe that Jesus died. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again. The C is this. Confess him as your Lord. When you do this, you come live on the inside of you. If I'm talking to you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. A guy in the first service prayed this. I could see God all over him. He was made new. When you pray this prayer, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that you become a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. So if that's you and you want to pray this prayer, pray it with me. Say, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner separated from you. But this morning, I believe you died, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. Come live in my heart, Jesus. I confess you as my Lord. From this day forward, I'll serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.